Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Jason Tucker, and this is WP Water Cooler, episode number 218. Today's topic is tying it all together, process, processes for your WordPress-powered business. Let's go around the room real quick and get everyone introduced. Brian, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hello, I'm Brian Hogg from Hamilton, help run the WordPress stuff in the area. Uh, I've got a couple of premium plugins and a course I'm working on on making premium plugins with the school mic. Awesome. Good job. How about you, George? Hi, I'm George Spots. I work at Jetpack doing automatic stuff. Wait, go the way around, flip that. Uh, and we apologize in advance for say today. Nice. Boss! Is it Vans? So my name is Russ. I work at Web Dev Studios. I have a bunch of plugins as well. Um, and I like doing stuff with WordPress. And I like M&Ms. Nice. Good job. What about you, Sarah? Hi, I'm Sarah Weefald. I'm the production manager at Zeek Interactive, and I facilitate the OC WordPress design meetup first Monday of every month. Good to have you on. How about you, Say? Uh, my name is Say Reed, and I make WordPress, teach WordPress, love WordPress, preach WordPress at Say Reed Media on all the things, and I apologize in, uh, in retrospect for George. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh man. How about you? How about you, Steve? I am Steve Zagan. I'm the founder of Zeke Interactive and I run the OC WordPress meetup. I'm Jason Tucker. You can find me over at Jason Tucker on Twitter and jasontucker.blog. So today, today we're gonna be talking a little bit about businessy type stuff. Um, Sarah and I were discussing last night what should we kind of uh, you know talk about this topic and how should we kind of structure this thing. And um, Sarah, you're talking about like processes that you wanted to, to work through um, in, for business running on WordPress websites, right? Yeah, I mean, I was thinking about it more in terms of like, you know, the processes that we as developers might have, but you know, it, it seems like it turned more into, uh, you know, how, how other people can have processes that make their website work for them. I think it's a fascinating topic because I mean there there's many ways to do different things and I think there's many different chapters you know whether you're sending data to a CRM or you're doing internal reporting or you're, you're putting two functions together I mean there's there's a number of worlds in which you can get lost in relatively quickly yeah I'm, I remember uh, a word uh, wordcamp talk that um, that I was watching probably about well, it must have been like four or five years ago, um, where they were discussing, uh, you know, taking uh, taking your new clients and getting them added into whatever CRM type thing you're using. Uh, the one that they were talking about at the time was using FreshBooks, but uh, taking those and kind of um, importing those people into it, and then also kind of setting up a new uh, invoice that you're uh, you'll end up sending to the customer for like a deposit or for something like that. So. You know, there's a bunch of ways to do this, and um, there's tons of plugins that are out there that do this as well. But I was hoping that uh, maybe a few of you have done various uh, businessy-like processes using WordPress, or either for yourself or for your clients. Uh, one do they have the, anything to, to add into that? One of the coolest things I've ever seen at a WordCamp um, was somebody was using WordPress, um, and they were they were using it for an Indian casino. So every time that you put your card into um, one of the slot machines, it was actually making a call to the WordPress site and it was like updating their points and like how many plays they had, stuff like that. Wow. They, were actually, they were actually using it to do that. Yeah, that was in 2011 uh, at WordCamp that I saw that. 
And that's when I realized that WordPress can do a lot more than just blogging. And they were tracking they were tracking the points inside of the WordPress database? Yeah, so that's so, so it happens cool. so what happens is there was an end call, so the person would slide their thing in and their card would say, You you, you have nine thousand points or whatever. And then at the time that they were done, um, there'd be like a twenty minute delay and then it would pull all that data in and it would say, Here's the points you have. And then, now, are you tracking the amount of money they've charged on their card, or is this just like reward points it, that they may get for playing? It was like reward points. So you spend 20 bucks, okay. you get 10 points, and then your card has, now has 10 points on it. So there's a, there's a couple of considerations there. I mean, you know, so uh, part of what we should talk about or what we could talk about on this episode is, is ways that those things are implemented, right? But what I'd worry about there is, uh, is the security aspects of that system, right? Yeah, I mean, you have... Yeah, nobody wants to break into a casino. Well, no, I mean, so. it, you know, George, George, George sort of asked, is it, are we dealing with money or are we dealing with points, right? Either way, right, there, there, there's, there's hacks uh, that you should be watching out for, right? There's, there's incentive for people to hack reward points at a casino. But at some point, that gets stored someplace. Is it WordPress or is it some other database? It could be. I, I mean, it, it was just it was just really cool to see like this I, is this is the process they were using for WordPress that yeah. they that, that they were just pulling in this data to do this and they were using this backend for. I'm not knocking the idea. I think it's a great yeah. idea. I just want to I just want our audience to be aware sure. that there are security concerns when you can do it. And like Jason said, with any system that you're putting together. Yeah, I mean, you could have some ridiculously old Fox Pro database that's running on some old computer sitting there, and that's the thing that all of the information for the entire business is running off of. Oh, is shit. Is that secure or not anymore? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> is, is, is Fox Pro the name of the subscription you get when you subscribe to Fox News? No, no, it's not. No. No. Sorry, sorry no. Russ, I pre appreciate no. you. My apologies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Jason, Jason's definitely dating himself. By, by, you know, no, Fox I Pro. remember that. <laughs> uh, I, I have a client that is um, doing, um, basically has a, a database system that they use for all of their um, invoicing, client, uh, CRM, client management. Um, it's called 4D. Many of you heard of 4D. Mm -hmm. So it's just really powerful big database system. So um, I've got, and this is actually something I set up quite some time ago, and I'm, that's why I've been like so anticipating the API <laughs> for these folks, uh, is um, basically having the database go directly from their 4D, so when they're creating invoices or, or whatever, and they have this whole process with their clients on, on this end, then they can actually just import that data that has been approved by their clients in this whole 4D process right over into their um, into posts and into content on their site. So they just hit a button um, in 4D and it auto posts into the um, the WordPress database. So it really streamlines their their um, process. It's pretty great. That's awesome. For getting cool. stuff getting stuff onto the site. That's not the same thing obviously as getting stuff off of the site, which I do with a ton of clients for client intake particularly. Um, I'm often working with businesses that uh, you know, like need to give quotes or information, and obviously Gravity Forms is one of the most amazing um, plugins for that because you can get so much data um, from that initial touch with the client, and and not have to have a bunch of back and forth. So from a, especially from a small business perspective, the less like back and forth you have is the better. So if you can get all of that information in a nice form that everyone wants to fill out right up front. You have so much more data to go off of moving forward, and that just streamlines the whole business process. 
Sure, but is any of that really specific to gravity forms, or is that like no, just forms, or contact form seven, or or jetpacks contact form sure. for, to some extent. I mean, it doesn't I have hate, conditional. I hate to be so. here to plug my stuff directly. <laughs> so put in some conditional that. logic, or put in a contact form uh, plus mm -hmm. on that jetpack, and we can have a conversation about jetpack and gravity forms in the same sentence. Yeah. But until that happens, the contact form in jetpack is just. It's just a contact form. It can't handle the majority of that larger client intake stuff. Well, if that's what you need for the form, not everyone needs all that. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. The basics, yeah. Jetpack contact form, especially since you're probably going to have Jetpack anyway, um, it's it's a great place to start. It's just oh. not as sexy. That's all. <laughs> so, so, so I, I mean, I think what we're talking about is that there's there's two ways. There, there's an in and an out, right? Whether whether you're bringing data in or you're sending data somewhere else. I mean, I think that's that's a lot of the functionality where people are trying to do. You're building a function or a process to say, get this clump of data. Now, what are we going to do with it? And you're either going to use it internally or send it somewhere else. Yeah, like when when Say was saying that. Uh, you know the, the the client is going into their system and clicking a button there, which is then talking to the WordPress site. Now, usually, we're thinking about this stuff in the terms of WordPress talking to the external um, you know external service instead. So it's kind of cool to see that you can do it both ways, and you can also you know make this work using you know the um, JSON, using uh, the REST API, using webhooks. There's all sorts of ways of kind of making this stuff happen. It just depends on. How that works and how that particular software works. Um, in a in a recent um, Facebook post I was reading on one of our groups, uh, somebody was talking about using ACT and how they could have ACT interact with WordPress. And you know, uh, they also wanted maybe... to integrate with their Fox Pro database. <laughs> <laughs> well, Visual Basic uh, Two. <laughs> ACT actually has um, an API that's associated with it that they, you can use, but you have to pay additional fees for it to be able to use that API. So um, ACT Pro. Yeah, so you kind of want to look at this stuff and say, is this something that I'm? Uh, is this something I actually need, and can I get this to work using the you know the the plan that I'm using now, or am I going to have to upgrade? Can I integrate with FileMaker? <laughs> sure, you can. Only FileMaker Pro. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but, but FileMaker only goes to the media uploads. We need to talk about that on the Water Cooler Pro. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, our plus oh. version. Plus, that would plus. be awesome. One of the uh, uh, all-in content value you've never got here. Water cooler after hours. <laughs> my um, oh, you don't want to watch that. My um, no, no. Yeah, we're drunk enough as it is. It's a dangerous place. My uh, a lot of my enterprise clients uh, want integration with Salesforce, right? So that's that's what we would look at a lot. So when I was starting to talk about ways of doing this, you know, sometimes there's a plugin for this. Sometimes there's a plugin that does part of the system, and sometimes you need to build a custom, right? And for that, you would use uh, something like the Salesforce API to integrate with Salesforce. Salesforce it's has actually done some impressive stuff um, with WordPress. They, they, they know that it's, an, it's an, like a beginning point for so many people, so there are a lot of uh, things that connect those up. I think it's, they've done a good job making that happen. Is, 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 there, is, is there like a... Is there like a list of like the three biggest uh, client things that people use? Like Salesforce is one. I think Basecamp is another. Is there like a list of like the three major things? Well, it depends on what you're talking about, right? So Salesforce is is the ultimate enterprise CRM tool. Yep, 
It is. Um, <laughs> that's what the, you like, like it or not. That's what, that's, what, that's what our enterprise client <laughs> uses Salesforce right? until you get to like what a million or ten million API requests, and then it's just like, oh, I want to buy more. Nope, can't buy anymore. <laughs> so it hits. I a mean, limit. there's a lot of different stuff. I mean, it really depends on the size and scale of business you're talking about. I know a lot of businesses that uh, you run everything, all their stuff through QuickBooks. Uh, and then they want mm-hmm. QuickBooks to be able to integrate with their website e-commerce system. Usually WooCommerce. Uh, I know, I use Square for everything. Yeah. Um, actually, with so QuickBooks is an interesting case because QuickBooks has a plugin in between the usually the plugin that you're using and QuickBooks. It's like the it's like OEO QuickBooks or something OBEB. I don't remember what it's called, but it's actually it's actually a really um, kind of complicated setup, which makes sense. Obviously, you're transmitting financial data that needs to be secure, but so it, it basically will connect, um, like for example, WooCommerce directly to QuickBooks, and so you can uh, manage your inventory in QuickBooks, like if you have QuickBooks POS, and sync it with your online inventory so that it's always all in the same, um, at, at the same levels. But there is that that kind of third party um, plugin that you then have to string together. So it can start to get a little bit complicated when you get over to the QuickBooks side. Mm-hmm. Maybe to bring it back a bit too, I mean, you don't need to do an integration just to improve your process by using WordPress. Like you can just have a plugin that's only on WordPress. It's not integrating with something like I did one for um, uh, a sports league. So someone, you could just create an account and then submit your scores and then it would calculate the standings and then publish that as a page. Job done. Right. Doesn't and integrate I, with anything, but. And, and Brian, I think, I think that's a good comment, right? So, so uh, you, you have to kind of look at what sort of data that you're trying to integrate for lack of a better word, because you don't yeah. always need a full integration to do some of this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And you don't always need real time, right? Some of this data can be synced, you know, on a, on a nightly basis, right? On a, cu- a couple times mm-hmm. a day, right? Uh, a lot of these things are built for enterprise real time uh, data transfer. And, and you don't always need that. Well, but again, it depends, it depends on, it depends on the use case. And especially when you're talking about like, okay, we're doing lead capturing, that kind of stuff probably should be real time. Cause again, if it takes you an hour to get to a client, they might've went to somewhere else. So that's, true. Th- th- that's mm-hmm. a good reason to use real time. But when you're talking about like keeping things kind of in sync and, and keeping things like keeping a database or a repository of like copies of each other you don't need real-time syncing and all this activation to go through you know like you can do that in uh, intervals and we're, if the data is coming into wordpress directly via form or whatever it's already there so you're the not one, even syncing anything the, the one the one place i've seen developers struggle with is uh when it comes to where users are stored where contact information is stored especially where logins are stored so if you've got say WordPress that you're integrating with another external system and they've both got a login system or they've uh-huh. both got contact information, that's where it gets it get, can get tricky. Right. This and is so, actually that's okay. And so what you have to determine in that case is is where where is the master set of data, right? So where is that being stored? Is it in WordPress or is it being driven from this external system? Um, and that'll determine it'll help you determine the level of integration that you need. Yeah, yeah, Salesforce does said. that with the because they don't have like the the client end login, and so I'm actually working with the client right now to string together their actually Neon, which is a um, or it's not Neon, they're getting rid of Neon. Um, I don't remember what it's called anymore. But anyway, they're connecting their um, their WordPress uh, member plugin with the with Salesforce, so it's actually it's a WP 
no, it's Member Pro. I'll look it up. It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I cannot remember at all. But um, it, it's basically connecting so that every time someone creates a member user on WordPress, it automatically will create a lead in Salesforce. And so the the client is never going to actually you know deal with their Salesforce stuff. Um, that's all gonna. They're all on the WordPress side, but then all the data is automatically coming into Salesforce so that that can be you know dealt with as needed and. Whatnot. So it's Salesforce again is pretty cool with its integrations that it's got going on. And if you just don't have the ability to do any of this stuff yourself, and you feel that you know you want to kind of, or at least try to figure this stuff out without having to do any programming, you have services like Zapier that you could use to do this stuff too, and have those zaps kind of trigger and connect um, those various pieces together yeah. as well. well zap, zap and IFTTT. If yep. this then that. What I liked about what Steve was saying is like um, I, I built a thing a while ago where um, for the mortgage site where you would um, you could potentially start a loan by filling out a gravity form and then um, it would pass over to the loan management system where you know we like pull documents and check bank statements and stuff. Um, I actually had to pause that real time stuff because we had to go in and verify data was actually how it was supposed to be spelled and stuff because. Once you start a loan and if something is messed up, you have to create a new one if there's a period missing and stuff. So with real-time syncing, it's not always necessarily the best case. Like you need to run checks and ver val validate your data first before you just go and pass it along. Especially if it costs you money to process a lead. Yeah. Uh, I've worked with companies that do like um, mortgage refinance, get your home, like trying to find out the value of your home and it would cost them maybe two cents per submission to just like query public databases and get like an estimate on a home's value. Uh, but if all you're getting is spam dummy data, you don't want to waste those two cents on these 20,000 calls that someone's dumping on your site. Or, or I mean like if you just have an open face um, form where anybody can sign up, you're going to have a lot of bots that are hitting that and just typing in whatever. And now you just paid 20 bucks because someone spammed your site. Like you need to be, you know, validating some data and not passing everything through. Mm -hmm. You know, and like th that gets tricky down the road, you know, as your site grows in popularity and you start getting more hits, you need to really start factoring in, is this a, a genuine lead or not? <laughs> I thought the internet was trustworthy. Like everyone on the internet. That's why captures exist. That's, that's exactly why captures exist. So, so I had to filter this that if they're coming from Amazon to my site, they're probably a good lead. Obviously. <laughs> also, people recommended this. <laughs> one of the um, um, one of the other integrations that um, uh, we've been playing with recently is Google Analytics. And I'm not just talking about adding a Google Analytics tag to track your traffic, right? There are much deeper integrations you can do uh, with Google Analytics. Um, I mean, just a, a event tags alone, you know, like just seeing when a video was played, how long into the video it was paused or stuff. I mean, like that can get in-depth pretty quick. So and, Steve, and, uh, are you talking e-commerce stuff? No, uh, a specific integration we did recently was to pull popular posts from Google Analytics, right? So that we're not, uh, I find that the popular post, post plugins that are out there record too much data to the database and it's, it's too much, it, it actually adds uh, some, some scalability issues uh, to your site. Um, and it also conflicts with caching. So what we did is, is rather than uh, writing it to the database, we're pulling that data straight out of Google Analytics, 
on an hourly basis to show a popular post sidebar widget. There's one that'll grab it from That's Jetpack cool. as well. So, mm-hmm. so you're not relying on that. already built in, but yeah. Yep. So cool. there's also the idea of running your CRM from within the site itself. I think, um, Brian, Brian, I think you were hitting on this a little earlier, is that you can actually, there are a bunch of CRM plugins for WordPress, and so there are some clients, and this, I think it's really important if you're going to run a lot of your business from your WordPress, you need to have a solid install. You should have something like WP Engine. If all of your business processes are within WordPress and on that on that server, then it needs to be extra protected. Yep. But there are $25 a month, not two. Right? <laughs> like it's for a certain point in time, it's like, how much is this worth to you? Um, yeah. But so there's a lot of really cool CRMs that literally you just are managing um, through your site. Uh, some of them take over and make the whole thing a CRM. Some of them are just like more typical plugins. Um, but I think that is, is pretty cool too because you can already manage your whole inventory. So if you're managing your whole inventory and all of your content, and a lot of your marketing from your site, and then you're also um, managing your, your clients in there, then really the hub becomes WordPress. It becomes that install. And I think that can be really powerful. And, and the thing that to note there is, is you want to be, in, there's a lot of different technologies that are lumped under this header CRM, right? So CRM can mean many different things. And you really have to understand what kind of features you want from a CRM, right? Some of the ones that are built into WordPress are just a very basic uh, lead tracking type of CRM, right? Some other ones that are, that are more of a SaaS-based product can do full drip campaigns, right? And, and a lot of other stuff. So you just want to, you, you want to, you, again, you want to have certain, you want to uh, define your goals for what you're trying to do with your CRM before you put it in place. And I say that because once you put it in place, and a couple of people have said this, and it takes off, it's difficult to switch at that point. It is. Well, well, not, not only that, but I mean, like, let's say um, you had 50 people sign up on version one, and then version two, you added more data. It's really hard to go add that data to those 50 people who signed up first. and. Getting them to, to resubmit the form is, is really oh, hard no, to I, do. I, I find that people are more than willing to come back and revisit <laughs> and, and more info. Yeah, that, that always happens. I don't think any any uh, public-facing company wants to say, hey, we made a boo-boo, so can you please uh, can <laughs> you please do this again? Yeah. That was our bad. Hey, yeah. hey, hey, for whatever reason, can you just put your social into this again? That'd be great. And, <laughs> you and, you and your pin code. Yeah. I mean, I've I've seen a lot of processes that we're doing with like migration. So like um, we have a client where they put all their like recipes and uh, nutrition facts and stuff into a a third party source, and then we're using a migration plugin to pull that down to create a post and assign that to like metadata and stuff. And that's one of those things where they have to get it right on their end because you know we're pulling data from them and if it's wrong we have to delete and re-pull and do things again and i i think to steve's point once you get it in place once and if it doesn't work you can't just make it public you got to get it right before you just release it well this the problem is the switch if if you if you if you're going to switch platforms at some point you're talking about a migration Right. In any of these things that we're talking about, you're talking about a migration, which which has varying degrees of difficulty. Yeah. <laughs> I just silenced the room. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're all thinking of our worst migration. Let's, exactly. Let's spend the rest of the time watching the censored count from uh, Sesame Street. <laughs> <laughs>
I think we were all waiting for you to continue and tell us I, about I had, all of your I, terrible migration stories. I had I had no point there. So so, so <laughs> or ever. So I, I think one of the most popular forms of uh, functionality people want is like sharing to social media, right? I mean, there's a number of different ways that you can do that. Whether you use um, the social sharing in Jetpack, or you use something like Social Warfare or something, um, both for plugins. Social Warfare. It's a yeah, great plugin. I have plug not heard of that plugin yet. Wow. Social Warfare is a great plugin, but I mean, I, I think when you when people who are not into like um, sending data from one place to another, that's one of the easiest places to to start, right? You're sending data from your site over to a social media, and it pulls in all that data. So I mean, like from there, it just it you can get crazy with just doing stuff like that. I, I, I gotta say, I think social warfare is, wins for the number one best named plugin on the uh, on the uh, on the codex. Uh, Internet. The ultimate social sharing arsenal for WordPress is their tagline. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I think that uh, we we talked a lot about all these different plugins, but and we we touched on both the zaps and on if this then that. But there really are some if you go explore some of those pr kind of pre-made options um, in if this then that the the recipes or they're not calling them recipes anymore they're calling them something else. But um, recipes and the zaps, there is so much stuff for both porting data into your WordPress as content, but also pulling it out. And I think that that um, really is, whether you're using a plugin or a service, that is one of the, the major strengths of WordPress, is that portability of the data. And that's one of the things that I think is, is woefully underused for a lot of users because they don't even think, they don't understand that it can do that. They don't understand that they can automate their processes, that they can work in one place and send it out to their social media, like Russ was just saying, or or to their different processes. So I think, um, and because there are so many different options available for doing that, it can be very confusing for, for users who are like, oh, I want to automate this thing. And then there's like, you know, 30 plugins and like 20 recipes. So... One, one of the things I want to do, say about social integration, right, especially with things like uh, Facebook and... You don't know how to socially integrate? Is that... That's such a... Integrating, integrating social functionality in your website, right? Oh, okay. Those, those APIs, Twitter and Facebook, change constantly, right? Yeah, so, and they're always so, broken. And, and plugins are typically behind, not always not always because it's their fault, just because they change so rapidly without notice sometimes. So it's something to be careful of is if you install a plugin, um, it could just not function one day and could yeah. function the next day. And there's two layers on that because there's, first of all, the, the API changes and then the plugin has to get updated and then the user has to update the plugin, which is a little more stuff happening than just like with the one of the zaps or the ifs. If, if you know, if they, they update themselves, over my monitor. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> if, they, if the API changes, they will update those automatically. So, to a certain degree, some of those zaps and ifs are actually uh, more sustainable in the long run than yeah. hooking a plugin up between them. And that it, that that's always going to be the benefit of using a software as a service. Uh, SaaS. A sassy if. Sass. <laughs> So now who's uh, spinning uh, on this uh, screen? Uh, <laughs> so, so that, there's a, 
there's an if this and that uh, applet is what they're called, where um, you can set up a you can set up a thing where you can uh, talk to Google. So you can say like, okay, Google, do something, and then like turn on the lights, and that API changes almost daily. I had one working for like 20 minutes, and then it changed again, and I had to go and reset it up. I think to to say his point, it's it's making sure this is the direction you want to go before you dive in. Uh, Head first. Well, I think that's a good life lesson, actually. <laughs> sure you know where you're going before diving. Make sure the APIs still work. Is that the life lesson yeah. right there? Well, I think beyond applying that to life, this is definitely this is something we hit on all the time in our in our water coolers. But for this specifically, when you're talking about these processes, whether it's automating inventory updates or sales leads or whatever it is outlining the whole process, not just the website part, but the comprehensive part that includes the people and the manual actions will really help you understand which parts you can actually automate. And you know, maybe there's a plugin that does three of the processes instead of just one of the processes. So wait. it's super important to understand the whole thing before wait, wait, finding wait. a solution. Wait, are you telling people to plan? <laughs> so, no, that's, that's I, it's like, it, <laughs> So at, at, at WordCamp Reno in 2013, Say and I both spoke about like how you should build your house, kind of like building a WordPress site or, or vice versa. We spoke at the same time about the same topic. Um, and we used the guys, same did analogy. Guys, did you guys wear the same thing? Did you guys call it? Probably, call, call probably both wearing hoodies and jeans. <laughs> <laughs> I <would> guess. <laughs> That's what I discovered. Russ and I were the same person, and it was a weird day. <laughs> Folks, that's well, about it. It's 11.30. <laughs> Make sure you go over to our website at wpwatercooler.com. Click on the links there to subscribe. If you enjoyed this content and you want to make sure that you're notified that the content is available for you, hit the little little bell right next to the uh, subscribe button. And they'll let you know. Enjoy the content. And you should lastly, do it anyway. Just <laughs> everything, in. Every time a bell rings, a podcast gets a subscriber. <laughs> <laughs> If you like all this stuff, hit the little thumbs up button. We'd really appreciate it. Comments are appreciated. Talk to y'all later. Bye-bye.